It's True Crime Church Edition. Let's get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time around here, you picked a whopper to join on, yeah. but we are glad that you are here. <laughs> Just a couple of notes. We're not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off, although either of those things could happen. And if they do, we definitely want to know about it. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't need to believe to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Hey, Andrea, how's your heart? You know, my my heart's fine. It has been a little bit of a crazy week yeah. at work. Okay. I've worked late um, up till now, two out of three days. And uh, when I am there, I am telling you, it is like so focused and it's just been a little stressful. So I'm, I'm hoping that the second half of this week um, is slightly better. <laughs> so here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like right before you go on vacation, it seems like the uh, the proverbial fecal matter hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Yeah. And it's just like you have to get you have to get like a full week's worth of work done in a day. Um, Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm on vacation right now. Yes, you are. And uh, the out of office is on. Like everything is great, but getting to this point was really, really challenging. It it (laughs) always is. It. You always need like an extra vacation just because of all of the prep for the vacation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, currently, at the time that this drops, which is three uh, three sixteen um, central, it will be uh, four sixteen on the east coast, and I will already be in a holding corral, ready to start running a, a race, um, and at Disney World. So I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about it. It's going to be yeah, uh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I will never do this again. Uh, never. Not, never. Not even if there's a fire. We're just we're just gonna keep walking. <laughs> we're just gonna. We're good, right where we're at. So we're uh, good. So yeah. that's what we're gonna do. Um, yeah, at three sixteen a.m. on Sunday, I will still be sleeping. So yeah, that's the right. Just decision. want you to know that. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. that's the. That, I've made some some foolish decisions already, but. Uh, but this one, this one is definitely going to be uh, top of the list for sure, for sure. Well, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that I've got already ready it took me some time to to get ready to go for for everything. But I, I mm-hmm. have my playlist ready of all the songs that you know I'm going to listen to. I feel like I've got a good right. curated playlist for about you know six and a half hours. Hopefully, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. it doesn't take me too much longer than that. But. Um, I do need to add some music that isn't on on there already, and uh, okay. that's just in in memoriam for uh, for Jay Weaver. I, well, I need to put some Big yeah. Daddy Weave on there, uh, simply because I don't know if you guys have heard, but this is Christian pop culture podcast. These have things we talk about. Uh, Jay Weaver, the bass player from Big Daddy Weave, passed away this week from complications mm-hmm. with uh, with COVID nineteen. Hey everybody, yeah. um, uh, Thank you so much for all your prayers for my brother. Oh, man, he, you have walked with him through uh, a huge fight. And um, I'm so sorry to bring this news, but I'm also excited to celebrate where he is right now. My brother, Jay, went to be with Jesus just a couple hours ago. Um, 
And due to complications with COVID-19, you know, on top of every, everything else that he already had going on. And you guys, man, you've, you've seen him walk the uphill battle and you guys have helped carry him through so much. And, um, and man, I'm telling you, the Lord used him in such a mighty way out on the road for so many years. And anybody who's come. So that's uh, his brother, Mike Weaver, who uh, is the lead Mm -hmm. singer from Big Daddy Weave. What are some of your favorite Big Daddy Weave songs? I love their version of Redeemed. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, the song My Story. Those are just a couple of my favorite ones. I love My Story. So yeah, yeah the, that's that's probably my my top, uh, my top Big Daddy Weave song. I yeah, just the, I love that one. Those are mine for sure. Anyway, thoughts and prayers to Jay's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only his, uh, not not only his his actual family, his wife and kids, but also um, his uh, his brother, his band, who mm-hmm. is a family, and then also everybody um, kind of in his circles that are feeling that that personal loss. Um, yeah, for sure. So, okay. So let's transition into the topic of today. Yeah, let's do it. When we were watching uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which if you didn't mm-hmm. catch that review, go 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 back and catch that review. Um, I was sitting yeah. in the, the back of a Dirty Dollar movie theater. In, in, uh, <laughs> that in sounds little, wrong. Wait, well, hold on. Listen, if you ain't been to a Dirty <laughs> Dollar, you, you, don't know, you don't know what you're missing. Um <laughs> In uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, I made a group of ladies very upset that I had sat on the back row, and uh, right. and that movie was about Tammy Faye. Like that, that's what that yes. movie was about. However, there was a big storyline that I feel like they just kind of like washed over simply because they needed to, because it wasn't about it wasn't about Jim Baker and what he did. No, and I and we had kind of chatted about it whenever we were recording. And you're like, we need to do like a full on episode about like a true crime podcast for, for Christians. Oh, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, so we're going to, we're going to talk about that before we do, this would be a good time, I think, to do our, our little, uh, trigger warning. Um, Mm -hmm. I one time heard a pastor get up and say, there's two things that no pastor likes to talk about money and sex. Oh, and uh, this week we're well, not talking about sex, and so it was you know the, the sermon about you know how to give. And there's, then a couple months later he got up and he said the same thing. There's two things every pastor hates talking about: money and sex. And this week it's not money, and uh, and so I feel like crimes kind of fall within those two buckets. We're either talking um, money crimes or sexual crimes, and so because of that, this would be our time to give our trigger warning that, uh, yes. that we are going to be talking about some things that are sensitive, um, in, in those realms. And so I'll let, I'll let you start. So let's, let's just dive in with, let's just go ahead and dive in with the inspiration for this episode, Jim Baker. Yes. Um, 
like they were talking about in the movie and we talked about in the review, they kind of built this like kingdom for themselves and it all just came yes. crashing down. Yeah. Um, and of course the movie is all from the eyes of Tammy Faye and you know, it, it does show Jim in a, in a pretty rough light, but the truth is a lot of that's, you know, warranted. He, mm-hmm. he made some pretty major mistakes. And so um, Jim Baker, who's a televan- uh, televangelist, in case you haven't listened to the movie review, um, he was a televangelist. He founded um, Praise the Lord Ministries, which is a cable television um, channel. And so they had a lot of shows. Um, he kind of was the one that thought up the 700 Club that Pat Robertson then took over. And anyway, Jim just kind of was on this upward trajectory and praise the Lord was taking off and he um, ended up indicted on federal charges of mail and wire fraud yeah. and con- and of conspiracy uh, conspiracy uh, and of conspiring to defraud the public. So that's what the actual charges were. Yeah. Um, beyond that, he also, it was um, revealed that he had had sex with a former church secretary, Jessica Hahn, and then tried to pay her off uh, $350,000 to remain right. silent, by the way. Um, and so they had built like a 2,200-acre resort called Heritage USA, uh, which was like going to be a Christian Disney world, basically. Um and let's see, they had a studio that was large enough to seat 1,800 people. It, this says that 6 million people visited the park in 1986. Wow. That's Six a lot. 6 million people. That is a lot of people. Um, so when the scandal was leaked, a lot of other televangelists were pretty upset, as you can imagine, because he he really brought a bad name to televangelists in general. <laughs> Well, they they all kind of brought a bad name to themselves, but they, um, I mean, they all kind of like I, fell in line with him, but they were pretty mad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I think that uh, what they were upset about is that now everybody understood what they were doing, um, and I think right. that was I think that might have been now. Now, listen, I know people that are, have TV ministries and they're in it for the right reason. I'm not I'm not saying that, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, any time where your ministry is completely revolved around um, uh, planting a seed and receiving a blessing, and that yeah. that planting a seed always works as long as it's your address at the end of the episode, you know, to to send that seed to. Mm-hmm. So um, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, yeah. It it is unfortunate. He was convicted in 1989, and he was sentenced to 45 years in prison. Um, but he really only ended up serving about five of those years yeah. Uh, before he was released and he's back on television. So still trying to fraud the public by selling silver solution and, and meals in buckets for when the tribulation and, comes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's, you know, it's, it's rough. That's, that is. Let me, <sighs> let me ask, uh, let me ask you a question. You can uh, choose not <laughs> to answer this, but. Um, have you ever been in a church where the um, where there was something financially fishy that went on and that you found out or that somebody found mm-hmm. out and was had to be held accountable? 
No, um, probably the closest was uh, Brownsville in Pensacola, Florida. I went to school there. And though there was never, there was never anything uh, that came to light um, financially fishy, <laughs> if I can say it that way, um, yeah. there were some rumors and there were some, uh, not even accusations, that's really too strong of a word, just some questions about... You know, when Brownsville at the height of the revival, they were they were having just thousands and thousands of people come to the services. They were having services every night and they were having people from all over the world that were coming and they were giving in offerings. And I know there were some questions about what was happening with some of those funds. Um, But as far as I know, nothing ever. No one was ever actually accused of doing anything. That's the closest way before you and I ever met each other. Um, Mm -hmm. I was part of a church and it found out after I left the church that their comptroller was embezzling money from, from the church, just siphoning off things for decades. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars over the decades. And, um, I'm okay. I'm going to say this because I think it's going to, it's going to be a little bit of foreshadowing to kind of, when we talk about what do we do with this now? Um, Mm -hmm. what's crazy to me is that never went to jail yeah the pastor was just like okay you're fired you can't be responsible for the church's money anymore but like nobody pressed charges of like where is this three hundred and sixty thousand dollars that's crazy and and they oh okay and like he just got to like walk away Mm -hmm. that's insanity to me okay sorry yeah Um, absolutely who, who else do you have so another embezzlement case that I want to discuss, and this is a person that you I've mentioned him before and you were not familiar with, um, but it's a, a pastor by the name of David Yongi Cho, and he actually just passed away last year. Okay. He is a South he was a South Korean pastor and he established the world's largest church yeah. in South Korea. Okay. Uh, it has more than one million members. Whoa. Yeah, it is gigantic. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and he was sentenced to three years in prison for embezzlement for embezzling over $12 million in funds belonging to his church in Seoul. Wow. Korea. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, when reading about this case, and I, I didn't do like a super deep dive. I didn't like read any court records or anything. Um, but I think the the case is he was really more of a victim of his son's crimes. It sounds like uh, his his eldest son, who uh, is has been called a prodigal um, and had things in his past, uh, he had been involved in some sexual scandals. He had served time for some investment scams, uh, things like that. He was really kind of the brains behind this. Uh-huh. And so although uh, David Yongi Cho had signed off on these transactions, he really did so trusting that it was uh, all above board because it was his son. That doesn't completely release him of all his responsibility, but it also makes it a little more understanding, you know, understandable. Um, um when when did we see this recently? Was it Brian Houston that did same thing for his mm-hmm. dad? And yeah. then like, oh, okay, you know, and try trying to cover stuff up. And then also, um 
was it John Ortberg that covered yep. up for his son? And we his had talked son, about like, yes. okay, well, what would you do in that case? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Man, it's just so hard when you have so many people that you're responsible for that mm-hmm. knowing that something that someone else did could bring it all down and you, you want to try to cover it up. And yeah, you do. It's human nature, whether it's right or wrong, it's just human nature. Right. Well, and, and I think that the thing about uh, David Yonggi Cho that we need to remember is even though he had established this gigantic church and that brings in, you know, so much money, he himself lived a very simple life. Um, he didn't, he didn't have a large, um, luxurious home. He didn't own a car. I mean, that's, you know, he rode a bike everywhere and, in Seoul, um, he's raised and given to the church quite a large number, uh, quite a large amount of money. So, you know, things like that, you gotta, you kind of gotta balance it all. So yes, he messed up. He, he was taken in. He should have maybe followed up a little bit more, read more closely, whatever you want to look at. But the truth is, I don't think that in his case, he was trying to embezzle or trying to defraud the church. It just, he just made a mistake. Um, so that's that's another one. But it just, it caught my eye when I was doing some research for this because I recognized his name and I know uh, he's actually very well respected uh, in the evangelical world and um, just it was an interesting, interesting thing to read. So he was 78 wow. when he was sentenced. Wow. But he, he didn't serve any time. He, he yeah. only served probation. Sure. Okay. All right. So, um, another one, and I don't know how much we want to dive into this because we've talked about it on the show a little bit already. Um, but we discussed how, uh, these crimes seem to fall into one of two categories, either yeah. money or sex. And this one definitely falls into the sex uh, category and it's Josh Duggar. Um, uh, well known. Yeah. I know that guy. Um, but you know, this is not the first time he's been, uh, charged and convicted of crimes, you know, and as a very outspoken Christian, a member of a very outspoken Christian family, um, you know, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. What do we, he's been convicted of downloading child sexual abuse images. Um, and that was just last month. Yeah. So, <sighs> We, and we talked about it a little bit whenever we talked about um, Ravi Zacharias. Like, what do we do mm-hmm. with with this information? Because he's someone that, I mean, that if he was still alive, press, charges may have been pressed on him as well because mm-hmm. everything kind of came down after, after he passed away. You know, this is kind of what I think. Um, there are three things that we as Christians can do with culture. Okay. We can reject, receive, or redeem. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we do on this show is uh, redeem culture. Uh, and and right. by that, I don't mean that like we are bringing a redemption, sacrifice, anything else like that. What I mean is we're saying, hey, here are things that exist that we can talk about and use uh, as Christians for even for Christian good. Uh, for, for God's glory, for the good of his people, but, uh, but they're not necessarily things that are birthed in his realm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a redemption process that happens with things in culture. There are things in culture that we should reject. There are things that are just, mm-hmm. they're, they're lewd, they're grotesque. There, there are things that are uh, offensive that are wrong and we should just be rejecting those things. Those are things that, mm-hmm. that are, uh, that are contrary to the character of Christ. Um, they are more binary than where it's just yes or no, right? It's, mm-hmm. this is a no. Then there's things that we receive. Yes, these are good things. And we can receive we can receive them. For example, the internet. Do we want to receive the entirety of the internet? No. No. Do we want to reject the entirety of the internet? Probably not, because you're no. listening to a podcast. Uh, so what we can do is that we can redeem the 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 some parts of the internet and, and put it to work for for good use. Okay. So when it comes to people when that that have gone through a a sin cycle and they are now maybe part of uh trying to enjoy the redemption part of the sin cycle uh mm-hmm. or the cycle of apostasy or whatever wherever it is that they're they're in we can either receive those people back right we can mm-hmm. reject those people completely or we can try to redeem them and um for example, the the guy that embezzled from my church. There wasn't a redemption process, but because they didn't actually um press charges, there wasn't a rejection process either. It was mm-hmm. honestly like they received that. Okay. Well, we 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 learned our lesson. Now you move on. Like that and that's wrong. You can't receive sin. You, mm-hmm. you should not, you shouldn't receive sin. Now you don't have to uh, reject him and damn him to hell, but there's got to be part of redemption process. And part of that means paying for what you've done here. Here's where it kind of comes into a sticky situation is that when you are in leadership of an organization, your responsibility is higher than that of just as any person in the church. Right. If you, if you're if you're just going to church and you're just trying to struggle struggle through life and 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 you go through a sin cycle, man, there's so much redemption, there's so much grace. We'll even receive you in. Uh, we're not going to push you out. However, if you are in leadership of a church, you have to be above reproach, and that's what the Bible talks about. It says teachers are held to a higher standard than than non teachers because yeah. because people will be influenced by what it is that they say. Is that, mm-hmm. See where I'm coming from? Yeah. When it comes to individuals, we should treat them the way that Jesus treats us, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to leaders, they have to be held to a higher standard. They, they just yeah. have to be. And so in these cases, um, I feel like there needs to be a separation, and if there's a redemption process to work back through, that's great. But there has to be a separation. We can't just receive people back and be like, oh, well, they didn't mean it and receive them back. And especially if they're not mm-hmm. showing any contrition, if they're not showing any repentance, if they're still doing the same things that they've always been doing, but now they're just doing it under a new banner, under a new church, under a new right. 501c3, under a new tax code. I mean, whatever it is, that's where, that's where there's a problem. Right. And I mean, I would say that 
when when you have something like this and and let's just you know maybe it's not maybe it's not a the the top leader the head person of of an organization or a church or something that that fell but it's just someone who was in leadership of some sort you know there there are plenty of lay people that that are in leadership um in churches you know maybe they sing on the stage or maybe you know whatever it may be yeah when you have something like this that you where you fall there is redemption there is grace there is forgiveness but it and you can receive all of those things but that doesn't mean that you're automatically um prepared to go back into a leadership position you can be forgiven and redeemed and all of those things but that doesn't mean that i'm going to give you an opportunity to lead again and th- yeah. I mean, this is these are just lay people. I'm not even talking about a, a pastor of a church or a, um, a sure. you know a founder of a ministry. I'm talking about just you know Joe Blow over on the pew who was in leadership of some sort. Maybe they taught a Sunday school class, whatever For it sure. is, you know. And so you the church the res- the church has a responsibility. The the paid leadership of the church has a responsibility to not put people back in a place of leadership or back in a place where they um have any say over somebody when they are not prepared for that again. You know, they haven't yeah. that hasn't been reinstated to them or given back to them yet. And that there's nothing wrong with that. The church a pastor has a responsibility to make sure that the the sheep in their flock are being led well as you know outside of him if that makes okay. sense if that yeah it does, it does. And there has to there also has to be accountability if Absolutely. something happens there needs to be accountability there needs to be a pull through of accountability now i'm not saying that it always needs to be this kind of justice that uh did you hear about that pastor up in oklahoma at Lake Homa Church of Christ. Did you hear about this? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, this happened a couple months ago. This uh, this kid, this nine year old kid, told his parents, "A pastor runs by the bus stop every day and touches me in a way that I don't feel is appropriate." And so, okay, the parents would go and drop their kids off at the bus stop, and they would go off, and then the bus would come by. Well, the pastor knew when the kids were going to be there every day. So he was just out for a run every day and mm-hmm. would come back and touch the kids in an inappropriate way at the bus stop. <sighs> and um, so when this kid told his dad what was happening, he uh, his dad was like, trust but verify. I believe you. Mm-hmm. L- let's see what happens. So he dropped his kid off, went to a place where he could see what was happening, watched it happen, chased the pastor down, and beat him to within an inch of his life. Broke his oh orbital socket, goodness. like like skull fractures, all this other stuff. And the police uh, said, uh, good job. Anybody else want to come forward? We're, he's arrested. He's done. This guy's done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that is a level of accountability. But also, he doesn't get to go back and be the pastor of this church anymore. Like the right. the church came out and said well, he's relieved of his duties, <laughs> he he's done. Right, and there there has to be accountability for actions that happen because there is a position of power. When listen, and we talked about this what was it a week or two ago when we uh, 
or we might be talking about it next week. I don't know. Time travel is weird, <laughs> but I don't like it when people try to use my faith to manipulate me. Um, mm-hmm. we, we That may be next week that we talk about that, but when you are in leadership, you have power over people. That's mm-hmm. you do. Um, and we see it, we see it in in uh, in the business world. We see it in the church world. If you if you are a leader, if you are a pastor, if you're a CEO, if you're a boss, you have authority over people. Because of that authority, you have power over them, and it, you have to treat right. people with uh, a servant leadership, and not come at them mm-hmm. with power. Otherwise, you're risking being abusive, whether it's emotionally, whether it's, uh, you know, hello, Pastor Mark, whether it's uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll, whether it's uh, spiritually, uh, look at a lot of pastors in a lot of churches, whether it's physically uh, or, or sexually or any of these things. I had somebody tell me the other day, because um, because I'm, I try to be a little bit more sensitive with when it comes to leadership, when it comes to things. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to be a, a woke Christian. I, I just want to have the heart of mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Like that. That right. And, and I feel like uh, I feel like Jesus probably cared more about the downtrodden than what most people in the American church do today. That that's just kind of where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, I um, agree. And so somebody was trying to like make me feel bad for that, and he says, "Yeah, well, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail." And I said, yeah, but mm. when you're a nail, you can realize how many different things can be used as a hammer. And, mm-hmm. and that's what you have to understand is that just because you're a hammer doesn't mean that everything's a nail. But there's a lot of nails out there that have been beat by a lot of different things. And they're looking at yeah. you terrified as a hammer and you have to take care of them. That is your responsibility as a hammer, as a leader, as, as a mentor, as a pastor, as a CEO, as a boss, whatever it is, that's our responsibility Mm -hmm. is to lead with that servant leadership. Like Jesus did start by washing feet. Right. And if all you're looking to do is where can I get ahead? Where can I pull money from this organization? Uh, I work hard. I des- I definitely deserve a little extra and the board won't approve it. So we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Not, it's not acceptable. That's sin. That's pride. And it's sin. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to say, Hey, I, I'm allowed to do this. Uh, I'm allowed to touch this person in this way, whether they like it or not, because oh, I was just playing. They don't understand. I'm just playing. I'm just an affectionate mm-hmm. person. I'm just lovey-dovey. Not everybody feels that way. Stop touching people. And and this is coming from a guy who like in 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 youth group, like everybody got a hug and a kiss <laughs> from Seth. And you heard that right. Everybody right. got a hug and a kiss. All of my guy friends were used to getting a hug and a kiss on the cheek. It happened all the stinking time. And then all of a sudden I realized maybe everybody doesn't love that. <laughs> maybe they don't want a hug and a kiss. May, may, and, and I know for certain that there were people that were uncomfortable by the fact, but I was the, yeah. I was the hug and a kiss guy. I'm going to give everybody a hug and kiss. Why not? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just made people feel uncomfortable. I, people that, didn't need that in their life at that point. So you just have to be yeah. careful whenever you're in leadership. And I was in leadership. I was in youth leadership. There might be, there might, all the people that I've come in contact with, there's definitely people that aren't part of the faith today because of me. And that's something that like, I, it's crazy to think about. I don't want to think about mm-hmm. it. People don't want to think about it, but I've definitely turned somebody off. I definitely have. 
it's pretty easy to do. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to tell this story and I'm definitely taking it out. So. I cannot imagine having the gall to do that. Right. Okay. So that, but that just shows you that people who think that they have a little bit of authority, think that they can speak into other people's life and don't know what kind of damage that they've done. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's a challenging thing. That's a hard thing to be in leadership. That's why we're, ho- we're held to higher standards. Mm-hmm. We, here, here's something that you don't want to think about, Andrea Reaver. What, Seth Johnson? Seth and Andrea should probably be held to a higher standard for what we put out in this drivel of a podcast. <laughs> Because people will listen to it and actually, it might influence them. It might. And we don't know. Here's the thing, you know, and this is something I do think about sometimes when I say things. And sometimes I think back to previous episodes and I go, I probably shouldn't have said that. (laughs) I do a little bit because first of all, it's there forever. It's never going away. Um, And yeah, I, sometimes I think... Is is what I said or the way that I said it actually, did it actually come across? Yeah. The the actual way that I feel or did I, was I trying really hard for, um, for laughs? Was I going for something funny and I said something? Anyway, I just, I think about that. I think, was I, was I trying so hard for a joke at the moment or for a laugh at the moment or for, um, entertainment, uh, just, entertainment, you know, just trying to be um, engaging and uh, shocking, you know, and then what I actually said isn't how I feel. Right. Is that, I mean, is that what happens? Are people going to think that's actually what she believes or that's actually how she feels? And then, you know, I do, I do think about it. We've talked about it, I think, off mic that like, uh, sometimes it's funnier to take a stronger opinion. Like, if mm-hmm. you say like I prefer vanilla, nobody cares about that. But if you're like screw chocolate, like yeah. that 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 invokes a little bit of a different response. Um, mm-hmm. And so sometimes we we do have we we do do that, right? And what makes us think that like pastors aren't doing that from the pulpit? And what makes us think that you know these other things where there people mm-hmm. are just trying to invoke a response? I know plenty of pastors who get up and our pastor is it this way. Please understand. I'm talking about people like I went Uh to school with, um, that I, I had conversations with them that they struggle with asking questions, but they get up and they talk. So why would you have a question? This is, this is the Bible. Mm -hmm. This is what it says. And then they, from Sunday afternoon to Saturday night, they question everything that they're reading. And then they get up on Sunday morning and tell people not to question. And, and, because when that's your job, that's all you have to go back to. It's all Jim Baker had to go back to. What is he good mm-hmm. at? Creating television empires. That's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. Let's do another one. And so um, so that that's the challenge, right? Is can can we redeem people back to where where their ministry is, where their gifting is? And I think that the only way to do that is to make sure that a redemption process is actually followed through. Is there a time of yeah. rejection so that they can actually grow and build and become better? And then do we receive them back and in a way that that is redemption? I don't know. That's that's just kind of where I'm at. Also, uh, welcome to navel gazing with Seth and Andrea. Look at us just talking about ourselves. <laughs> Guys, listen. 
sometimes I wish you could hear all the things that we cut out of these episodes. I'm glad you can't, but sometimes I wish you could. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> that edit button is very good for us. It's been it's been it's been very it's been very <laughs> beneficial. Um listen, I'm probably gonna leave in all that that retro that that thing that we got meta where we talked about the show. I might leave all that in. Because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, I think besides besides looking at uh, redemption, rejection, redemption, and all of that after the fact, I think we should. You know, you you also have to talk about what, and we we touched on it. You you did. You touched on it a little bit. Um, but about what led some of these these people to this place, and it power can go to your head is what happens. And you start, like you said, you start thinking, I deserve this. I should have this. And, um, you know, I think sometimes I think about Jim Baker. I don't know. I know how he was portrayed in that movie. I don't know that that is how he started. I sometimes, and again, it was just maybe it, he seemed quite sincere, but it doesn't take long. You, you always have to be looking at yourself, looking at your motives, looking at your heart, uh, looking at your mind and all of those things, and you know, I, I don't know. I just was thinking that when I was when I was researching for this show, uh, for this episode, and I and I realized how many of these people they found themselves in a position of authority, a position of power over someone um, that couldn't help themselves. They they were young. A lot of these are uh, sexual abuse charges of minors. Because they found themselves with a, a teenager, a fifteen-year-old nanny, or a, or a seventeen-year-old babysitter, or whatever, and all of a sudden they were in a place where the person that was underneath them was powerless, and that's what led them to this place. Yeah, you know. So anyway, it's just something I think when 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 we talk about this, and you know, yeah, we're the purpose of our podcast is for entertainment, you know, obviously, but also I think you can learn things from a podcast. And, you know, I think that uh, for us, when I'm looking at this, it's just a reminder. You always have to be looking at uh, your motives, your heart, uh, make sure that you're doing things for the right reasons and just, just keeping an eye on that. And always this sounds so cliche. It really does. And I don't mean for it to a famous phrase that we say at our church a lot is uh, our feet on the ground and our heart towards the Lord. Yeah. And that just will put you in a position, um, a greater position of, of protection from something like this happening to you. So anyway, just some thoughts that I had while, while researching these fantastic Christian crimes. Well, the the last thing that I'll say is just as a reminder, uh, these are just our thoughts and opinions. Please don't live your life based off of what we think. All right, let's get into the bees. Yeah. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Texas annexes Oklahoma, turns entire state into one giant Bucky's. <laughs> well, finally, Oklahoma has a purpose for existing. Whoa, shots fired to Oklahoma! Sorry. Honestly, I don't feel that strongly about Oklahoma, but that felt like the right thing to say. That's exactly what we've been talking about all show, isn't it? And then we just be talking about, we were just talking about it. 
All my right. opinions on Oklahoma are not as important. As... <laughs> That's fair. I don't think anybody has an opinion on Oklahoma. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this is, guys, <laughs> come on. There's a rivalry for a reason. Uh, we were on our way, um, on our way out here to Florida, and uh, the kids go, are, "Are there Bucky's outside of Texas?" And I was like, "A couple, yeah. I don't know yeah, that we're gonna go buy any." Okay, well, if we see one outside of Texas, we got to go to one. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. And they're gonna be super excited to know that from now on they'll be able to drive through a seven thousand uh, square mile, like you know, Bucky's. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds amazing. How many bathroom stalls does that thing have? Um, one for every cow, so it's uh, <laughs> a lot. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! All right, Andrea, what's your nod for me? Um, okay, so uh, at work this week, my supervisor very kindly uh, bought lunch for us one day, uh, ordered awesome. pizza. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was so sweet. Um, but she ordered one of the pizzas that she ordered is from this like specialty pizza place. <clears throat> and one of the pizzas she ordered was a barbecue chicken pizza, which normally I would be all over. That sounded really good. It looked really good okay. until I looked a little closer and I realized um, something looked off on it. Okay. And I realized it had gorgonzola cheese on it. On a barbecue chicken pizza? On a barbecue chicken pizza. And okay. I, thankfully, I didn't bite into it because if I had, I think I probably, my not for me would have been much stronger. But basically, my not for me this week is blue cheese and gorgonzola and any kind of cheese. I love cheese, but not that kind. Yeah, it, you're not a fan of the stinky cheeses. I'm not a fan of the stinky cheeses. It yeah. immediately ruins it. And I don't know. I know some people feel like it, but I just, I just don't. And that's just my opinion. So I, uh, I think that the only time you should throw a stinky cheese onto a pizza is if you're doing something that's way outside the box, like a, like a, um, Buffalo chicken pizza, you know, like a Buffalo mm -hmm. chicken, like that makes a little bit more sense. Cause those flavors kind of are known to go together, but not barbecue, man. Leave. Not barbecue. Leave it with a, yeah, leave and it with I just, I don't want chicken. blue cheese period. Yeah. I don't want if, I want ranch on my buffalo chicken. So anyway, do you do you like blue cheese? Do you eat blue cheese? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. But I mean, that's okay. You, you're not going to yuck my yum. That's just your opinion. It's just it just happens to yeah. be not for you. It just happens to not be for me. Yeah. yeah. So what's your not for me this week? Okay, this is. Um, I, I hope that other people will chime in and like agree with me on this. Uh huh. It is. The question mark, would you like to clean the printer heads? That, that question no. on, on a printer means that you're having an issue. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let you know, cleaning the printer head is not going to help. The only thing that's going to help is to office space this piece of junk with a baseball bat while Come listening on. to heavy gangster rap. That's what you got to have uh, mm -hmm. because cleaning the printer heads is not going to help. And it doesn't matter. Seven times I went through the print, cleaning the printer head cycle, did the print the test page. Every time something else was wrong. Every time. It, it's just not going to work. I'm just going to have to buy new ink or a new printer or, or something. But it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It, and is, that's, it is the worst. That's what's not for me. All right. Guess what? That's a show. That's a show. <laughs> it is. 
But listen, our thoughts and opinions don't have to be the final word, dear listener. We'd love to hear your no. thoughts and opinions about any of the things that we've talked about, mostly ourselves. Uh, this week <laughs> on a crime Please. podcast, we talked about ourselves. Tell us what you think about us. We want to know. You can yeah. do that by <laughs> by commenting on the social medias. The social medias. Uh, we are at Dropping Sunday on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, but not the TikToks. Not the TikToks. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Um, and every time you leave us a comment and then you grow the show, you're helping to grow the show, which is a good thing. And it also mm-hmm. uh, helps grow um, missionaries and and uh, ministries that we're giving nonprofits to to, to help yeah. uh, help because we give away money on this show. That's what our actual ministry is. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So grow the show. Yeah. Tell a friend or a family member or a coworker or somebody you saw on the street uh, about the show, or just go ahead and get their phone and subscribe them so that it just automatically starts downloading, and then they'll have a new a new present every Sunday. That's right, because we're going to be back here next Sunday. We always are. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. And this is Dropping Sunday. <laughs>